Hello, and welcome to Missing an Audience. In each episode, a different guest from the arts world will talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected their practice, how they see things changing going forwards, and about their memories of being part of or creating for audiences. Our aim with this podcast is to hear from and reach as many different people working or studying in the arts as possible, to connect over what we miss and have lost, what we have to look forward to, and what needs to change. We also hope to spread awareness of charities or arts groups struggling at this time. We need the arts, and we need audiences. Culture is for entertainment, protest, education, therapy, employment, inspiration and connection. It must survive. Our guest today is Matthew Parker. Matthew is an award-winning theatre director, actor and former artistic director of the Hope Theatre. He gained a first-class degree in theatre arts acting from Bretton Hall College and trained on the postgraduate directing course at Drama Studio London. He has received six Best Director Off West End Award Offy nominations, five of which were for productions at The Hope, The House of Yes, The Lesson, Her Aching Heart, which also won Best Off West End Play at the 2016 Spy in the Stools Awards, Sea Life, and the European premiere of Love Song of the Electric Bear, which later transferred to the Arts Theatre in the West End and won two Offy Awards in 2016. His other nomination was for his revival of Thark at the Drayton Arms Theatre in 2017. Matthew's adaptation of Chekhov's Ward No. 6 gained a Best Ensemble nomination at the Stage Awards 2009 and was Time Out's Critics' Choice upon its transfer to London. In 2017, Matthew won the Best Artistic Director Offie Award for his work at the Hope Theatre, the same year that The Hope was nominated as UK Fringe Theatre of the Year at the Stage Awards. Other directing credits at The Hope Theatre include Thrill Me, the Leopold and Loeb story, Foul Pages, Brimstone and Treacle, Antigone, Summer Showers, and Steel Magnolias, which won Best Off West End Production at the Breaker Leg Critics' Choice Award in 2016. Matthew has also worked extensively with the Jack Studio Theatre in London, directing productions of The Cherry Orchard, A Scent of Flowers, A Woman Alone, and Mary Rose, which then transferred to the Riverside Studios. Matthew is a faculty member of Drama Studio London, where he teaches various techniques including stagecraft, and is a regular director of pantomime tours, modern classics, restoration comedy, and devised work. He has lectured and led workshops at other London drama schools, including the Musical Theatre Academy, Mountview and Trinity Laban, and has also facilitated workshops for various London branches of equity. Hello, I'm Jake Leonard, the creator and host of this podcast, and I'm a freelance theatre director. So, Matthew, thank you very much for joining us. How are you? Hot. 
<laughs> For anyone who doesn't know who's listening, Matthew's been working on definitely one of the first, isn't it, open air theatre productions to come back. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about it. It's produced by the Molson Theatre in St Albans, and the performance takes place at the Roman Theatre, which is this amazing outdoor remains of an amphitheatre. In fact, it's kind of like if you imagine the globe but made of grass. That's kind of what it looks like. It's it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. The artist and director there, Adam Nichols, and I have been doing some work together earlier in the year during COVID actually on rebranding and relaunching the mm. theatre there and uh, he asked me if I'd be interested in doing a Shakespeare outdoors and where Henry V um, performs as part of a festival of a number of other shows mainly Shakespeare but there's a couple that aren't Adam's directed Merry Wives of Windsor which is all set as an 80s revival rock concert and then there are a few other regular touring companies that are doing a couple of nights of pantaloons at the handlebars my production is having the space because it has to be socially distant I thought well it's best to sort of acknowledge that really so my concept is a group of 16 year old drama students and their drama teacher gathering together at the Roman Theatre in St Albans in August 2020 to re-block their production of Henry V. So there's a very meta sort of uh, quality to it. And I love that sort of theatre. I love the sort of things where, you know, you see someone put a hat on and become a character. Henry plays Henry throughout, but everybody else has at least three roles. And it's very short. It's 90 minutes straight through because we didn't want to have an interval because we want to make sure that we can get people in their seats and keep them in their seats. So it's a very fast, fun, fiery production of Henry V. I've loved it. I've loved working on it. It's been fantastic being back in a rehearsal room. Just fingers crossed for the weather. And I guess Henry V is actually quite a good play for a meta-narrative. There's that whole bit at the beginning where it basically tells the audience that we're telling a story. It's not, it's not, you're not literally yes. seeing uh, kings and queens and horses. Absolutely. And, ca- and can us few people mm. be a million people um, on your imaginary forces work? Absolutely. Like, the whole speech at the beginning is about that. It's like, ca- can this wooden O become the Battle of Asher Gold, change it to Roman O. Shakespeare's actually written a whole match of theatrical get-out-of-jail-free card at the start of the play as well. The line that kept leaping out of me was, now all the youth of England are on fire. And obviously, it's a really fun production, but we have had a really shit year, anger, and a lot of people protesting. And, and I just wanted to harness a little bit and celebrate a little bit of that rebellious energy that we have. So that's sort of laced through the production, really. It's anarchic. One of the things that runs like a thread through my rehearsal process and through everything I do, really, in theatre is reminding people the reason we do this is for the audience. Mm. The, the whole reason we create research is for the audience. I think lots of theatre makers can, can forget that. Not just actors, everybody can forget that the most important person in the room it's the audience, and everything has to be done for them. With this show, obviously, we're doing a big, family-friendly, fun, fast-paced version of Henry V, and I really want to give the audience a good time because 2020 has obviously been horrendous. If you are coming to see the show, then I really want you to have a good time. We've also taken the whole social distancing thing very, very seriously and the health and safety of our audience very seriously. That extends to the fact that even our stage surface, I believe, will be marked out in one metre squares because we've been rehearsing in a room with everything marked out with tape. If we want to show the audience that we're taking it seriously, you know, the show starts with my students arriving and then marking, as I said, marking up their props with their own coloured tape, marking their own chair with their own coloured tape, and no one touches us. And just little things like that will help give the 
audience security that we're taking yeah. this seriously. If you want to come alone, you can still just buy one ticket and the seat next to you will be blocked out and not used. So it's all done in a very socially distant and safe way. And it's less than an hour from London. There you go. There's my plug. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Nicely done. One of the things we talk about on here is is audience experiences, past and present, and significant and otherwise. I once did a production of a Edwardian thriller called The Latest Wing of Black at the Sheringham Little Theatre, whose average audience age was over 70. And they talked and shouted things out all the way through that, which including my mum did as well, which was hilarious but not always massively appropriate but they were basically narrating it to each other yeah. oh look at her oh she's doing this oh look at him over there oh i like a dress just that all the way through it it was it was quite something i mean i always say to my actors the audience have paid their money so they're allowed to react however they want if they want to sit there with their arms folded with a face like thunder that is up to them they are allowed to do what ever they want as long as they don't hurt anybody or harm anybody or disrespect anybody how an audience reacts is entirely up to them because you don't know what their lives are you don't know what's happened to them that day you don't know what they're bringing into that room so we treat the audience with respect it's you know it's a really important thing that i do state in rehearsals with my actors which is they are allowed to do what they like and we have to respect that because they're who we are doing it for Exactly, and I love it when you're working on a show and you watch it with an audience and you get a completely different response from people within even the same crowd. Have you had any experiences of that? I did a production of The Lesson by Ian Esco. Ian is my favourite non-living playwright. That's a very dark play. Mm. It's a very dark comic drama. Mm. And there were moments where people were rolling around laughing and other people were just sat there with their mouths open... <laughs> in absolute disgust and shock. <laughs> and that, that schism between those two things, I just love it. And of course, you were the artistic director of the Hope Theatre in London, which is a really cracking, intimate venue. I mean, what was that like for audiences? I loved working at the Hope, and I love putting shows on at the Hope, because it is the smallest fringe theatre in London. Mm. And it doesn't have a rake, so you can put the seating in any configuration, and you are so close to the audience as an actor so that your show feels when you direct there your show feels really alive mm. because you are I say close enough to lick you are literally <laughs> close enough to the audience for them to which hasn't lick you were they so minded and that can be quite daunting as an actor the, you know the first preview can be a little bit oh wow they are inches from my face I love the the, the energy and the immediacy that that would give shows there We'd always have people knocking things over. We'd always have people wandering in from the pub who weren't audience, just open the doors and walk straight in. And the, the doors from the foyer where the toilets are, you know, just open straight into the Hope Theatre. And sometimes that would be straight onto the stage, depending on the layout. So we have had audience members who weren't even audience members, just people from the pub in the show the last bit of the podcast we talk about a charity or cause or a venue perhaps that the guests would like to highlight uh, i have a chosen regular charity i used to work for it um there's an absolutely brilliant charity called magic breakfast run by a wonderful woman called carmen mcconnell been running for oh maybe even 20 years now they provide breakfast in schools for school children for primary school children the only meal they get is at school that might be lunch and they some kids are just too hungry to learn and come to school without having anything in the morning. So the Magic Breakfast provides breakfast, cereals, porridge, things like that for schools across the UK. 
and they are amazing. So they're always worth recommending. And then I've been trying to, where possible, each week, instead of my 15 quid I'd normally spend on seeing a fringe show, I've been giving it to a fringe venue. So I've been trying to give money to as many fringe venues as I can. Obviously, I'm going to recommend the Hope. They need help, but all of our wonderful fringe venues need help as well. So I've been trying where I can. Kind of think, well, normally I'd spend 15 quid this week on this show at the, you know, Rocky Jack or this show at the Hope or the Old Red or the German Street, lovely theatre. You know, I've been just sort of trying to give them money. So Magic Breakfast, any fringe or little independent theatre, if you're listening from outside of London, then whatever your local theatre is, oh my word, they need help. Please help. And you know, that that can that can also include community and amateur theatres as well. It's not just Absolutely. Twenty quid is a makes a massive difference. A tenner makes a massive difference. It's a whole five boxes of hand towels. (laughs) (laughs) Just every Seriously, every pound really helps small independent theatres, so give them what you can. Well, thank you so much, Matthew. You've been an absolutely fab guest, and those are great charity causes as well, so thank you very much. And just a reminder that if anyone would like to book tickets for Henry V at the Maldings Theatre in St Albans, they can find a link in the episode description, but also on all of our social media posts. Please do go and support it if you can. It's on until the 31st of August. by Jake Leonard. With music by Dave Morris, publicity design by Ben Hollands, and voiceover by Rebecca Clee. We'd love to hear your favourite audience experiences and how COVID-19 has affected you. So feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter at MissingAnAord. If you want to donate or find out more about the charities our guest was talking about, you can find the links in the description below. In the meantime, keep safe, keep well, and be kind. Next time, we're joined by award-winning designer Grace Smart. There's a kind of idea that design is about reading a play and just very accurately, either very accurately putting that Oscar Wilde room on stage or doing something pretty. Being a designer is neither of those things. It's about dramaturgy and preconceived notions that I can draw upon to make you feel certain things. You know, red makes us angry and passionate as a basic level thing. And so every single part of a design from the overall image down to the toothbrush has been picked because it is doing something deliberate to you, the audience member. Thank you.